Welcome to the Big Church Podcast. We are a church in Barrie, Ontario, Canada, and we hope you are blessed by this message. For more information, check out our website at bigchurch.cc. God is good. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, God is good. Turn to your other neighbor and say, how has God been good to you this week? Come on, somebody. How's he been good to you this week? Just going to raise this up a little bit. I'm a lot taller than whoever was here before me. <laughs> here we go. Oh, come on. Who's excited to be in the house of the Lord tonight? Come on. He's good. He's good. He's good. You know, I, I love, uh, this is actually the first time for anybody who doesn't know, this is the first time that I've got the opportunity to give a, uh, a Christmas-themed message, first time for me, um, and uh, I'm excited to do so. You want to know why? Because it seems like around Christmas time, everybody's just a little more open <laughs> in their hearts to hear what the Lord has to say. Even unbelievers, just a little more open, you know? It's just like it's a season where, you know, we, we're of expectancy, really. It's a season of expectancy, um, and for us, we know what we expect. We know who we've expected and that's, and that's the Lord Jesus who came on that day for us. Come on, amen. Oh, so today, guys, the word that I want to share with us all today, um, I'm just going to read the, I want to read the theme verse first, and then, and then, and then I'll, I'll, I'll share it. Um, and it comes from Isaiah 7, 14, and says this to us. Let's read this together. All right, then, the Lord himself will give you the sign, look. The virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. What does it mean? God is with us. Come on. Turn to your neighbor and say, God is with you today. Come on. Y'all know how I am. I like to be interactive, you know. So get, get ready, guys. Um, so. God is with us. So the, the theme, the, 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 what I felt like the Lord, I was just praying. I was like, Lord, like, what is it you want to share regarding the Christmas message? What do you want me to share regarding the Christmas message today? And it kept coming up. It kept coming up. kept coming up. Even just God is with us. And then, and then the verses kept coming up. And then worship songs kept coming up. It just seemed like that was what the Lord really wanted us to hear today is that, like, he is with us. And he is for us. So come on, somebody. Um, and sometimes it's so easy. It's sometimes it's so easy to get uh, uh, distracted by what's going on around you and what you need to do that you forget the one that's with you in the midst of it. It's, it's so easy. Come on, we've all done it. I've done it. Where you can get so busy, you can get so overwhelmed by things around you that you forget the one that's with you in the midst of whatever it is you're going through. And even as I'm speaking right now under the sound of my voice, I'm reminded, I'm reminded of uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. <laughs> I'm reminded of them when they get put in the fiery furnace and uh, there is the one that is with them, the fourth man in the fire that is 
with them in the midst of the fiery furnace that doesn't let them burn. But see, they were so, wow, thank you, Jesus. They were so willing to understand that, that, that they were so willing to stand for the God of the universe in the midst of a culture, a pagan culture. They were so willing to stand because they recognized the one that was with them, that even when they were put into the burning, fiery furnace, they understood that either, hey, no matter what, I'm going to win. Because if I get burnt, I'm going to win. And if I get saved in this fire, I'm going to win. Come on. Because they understood the one that was with them. There was a confidence that they had in the one that was with them. And today, I believe that the Lord wants to restore a confidence in our hearts of the one that is with us. He wants to restore this confidence. Confidence. See, there is a difference between knowing about someone and having them with you. <laughs> there is a, there's a big difference. There's a big difference. It's a huge difference. See, in the back, I, I, I could know about Michael. Michael in the back, I could know about him. I could know, you know, some people could have told me, you know, that he's got some cool here. You know, he's got a nice man bun. You know, he loves basketball. You know, people could have told me about him. But maybe, you know, Maybe I, I just, I said, okay, that's cool. That's, that's cool. And I, and, I, and I hear about it from a distance. But when I actually begin to know him, you know what begins to happen? I begin to know first, okay, this is what he looks like. I get to put, I get to put a face to what I hear. But you know what happens next as I get to know him more? I begin to know the attributes of him. I get to know the characteristics about who he is. Because no longer is he just at a distance, but I'm actually with him. And this is the same thing that comes with the king of the universe, that sometimes we can, we can remember the things about him. We can remember the words people have spoken, the testimonies people have told you, this is what he's done in my life, this is what he's done in my life, this is what he's done in my life. But until you actually understand that he wants to be with you and you get with him, oh, man, it changes everything. He comes into your circumstance, and you begin to see his faithfulness. In your life, you begin to see his love, his love personally in your life. You begin, to, you begin to understand his power in the midst of whatever it is you're going through. You see, Isaiah prophesies with great expectation. Say to me, great expectation. That the God of the universe will be with, him, be with us in a physical form one day. This is what Isaiah was prophesying. He was prophesying this to the people of Israel. That the, the God of the universe will actually be with them in a physical form one day. And, and you might ask, well, what do you mean by that? Like, how, how does that, like, what do you mean? Well, I'm going to go to another verse here, Colossians 1.15. All right, and it says this to us. It says, Christ, say to me, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. Come on. He's the visible image of the invisible God. And it continues, it says, he existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. Say me, all creation. See, Christ came to restore the revelation of who God was in his fullness that had been broken from the fall. You know, when the fall took place, there was a disconnect between man and God. You see, Sometimes see, the gospel is so beautiful, people. The gospel is so beautiful. Sometimes we, we can just, you know, we put a sticker on it. or We just kind of like, we can, you know, just, yeah, yeah, I've heard this story before. But there's so much of beauty in the gospel. The fact that we were, we were separated from Christ. We were separated from God because of our sin. But yet God still in his mercy and in his love 
decided that he was still from the beginning of time, as Pastor Greg has been sharing a few weeks ago, from the beginning of time, he prophesied (laughs) that there was going to be a seed that was going to come. And and that we were, he was going to bruise the heel, but we were going to crush his head. And you see, like, like, so the God of the universe comes, brings Jesus, sends Jesus his son, which is the visible image. He reveals who God is to us here on earth. And he does this to us so that we can actually begin to see God in his fullness all over again. Because there are attributes we've missed of him. And see, I'm going to go even, we're going to go even further. So I'm going to take you on a journey. Turn to your neighbor and say, we're going somewhere today. So let's go to Isaiah 9, 6. Isaiah 9, 6. All right. So Isaiah 9, 6 says this. It says, uh, let's read it together. Let's do that. Three, two, one. For a child is born to us. A son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. See, I read this the other day, and, and, and something stood out to me. You know, see, God already knows who he is, but we didn't always know who he was. And so when you read this verse, it actually says, it says, he will be called. You know why you know it says it will be called? Because there was not an understanding of him as that nature at that time. Oh, I hope you get this today. He, was, he, he will be called Wonderful Counselor. He will be called Mighty God. He will be called Everlasting Father. They didn't understand who he was as Everlasting Father yet. But it says that when the Son comes, they would understand that. That they would get that he is the Everlasting Father. That he, they would understand that he is the Prince of Peace. See, Isaiah prophesied that he will be called because he hadn't yet been revealed in a way, in this way to humanity since the fall. There was a lot of things that were broken since the fall. And, and God, you know, he didn't like just like overwhelm us all at once. As you see, there's a whole story of, of him first bringing, bringing a chosen people to begin to know him. And then as he begins to bring those chosen people, he begins to bring covenants. He begins to, you know, prophesy different things that are going to take place. And, different, and it's this journey with him where then he leads us into this place, where then, then Jesus comes on the scene, and then we now have this visible image of the invisible God in front of us that now is revealing himself as he can be a counselor. He wants to be with us as a counselor. He wants to be with us as a mighty God. He wants to be with us as an everlasting father. He wants to be with us as prince of peace. See, the God that, see God had to come close to reveal his characteristics. He, he didn't just want to do it from a, a distance. He didn't just want to be at a distance. See, the whole story, this beautiful love story, it truly is a love story. It's a love story that's personal to you. It's personal to you. That you were once distant from the Lord. I was once distant from the Lord. And yet, even, even then, he didn't just say, you know what, They're just gonna, I'm just going to leave them where they are. He didn't just leave us. He continued to chase you down. He continued to pursue you. And he was pursuing you by coming close to you. Even He came close. The first thing he did when he came, when he came down to earth to be here on the earth so that he first he could reveal himself to us. And then he could pay a price for us that we couldn't pay for ourselves so that we can now have full access to relationship with him. See, relationship 
was required to know the full nature of God. It was required that we have this relationship with him. And, and so if you're here today and you say, you know, wow, like, what, how can I, like, what does a relationship with God look like? What, is, what does that even mean to have a relationship with him? Well, you know, the greatest example is when you look at Jesus and the Father and the way that he was with the Father and the way that he would go away and he would spend time with the Father. And he, would, he was always walking. He was always communing with his Father. There was this, there was this relationship. He would, you know, and, and Jesus wasn't void of, like, emotion, you know, when, the, when, the, when Lazarus was killed, when Lazarus, when Lazarus died, my bad, Lazarus died, when Lazarus died, he wept. There literally is a verse that says he wept. Like, he literally wept, okay? But it, didn't just, it doesn't just end there. He wept because he, he acknowledged his humanity, his hum, human uh, emotion. But then it goes on that he literally rose Lazarus from the dead. There was the power of God that's associated with it. And so there's this, there's this a relationship that he has with God. You know, he's in the Garden of Eden. You look at, I mean, not the Garden of Eden, but he's in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he's, and he's crying out, he's crying out, you know, you know, please take this cup from me. But if not, not my will, your will be done. You know, he's, he's like, there's this, there's, this, there's this relationship that you see take place. And we get to have that relationship. See, there's a struggle within every man because of the flesh that is here. But God is desiring to have this relationship with you that you can actually give him the things that are on your heart, and then he'll give you something better. You can give him the things that, that, are, that are on your heart, the things that you're dealing with, the struggles that you have, but he will give you, he will always give you something better because he cares. So when we don't know his full nature, we rely on ourselves for things we don't have to. We rely on our own selves. When we, don't, when we don't understand the full nature of who God is, we, we begin to say, you know what, uh, well, let me just, I'm, I'm just like, I'm, I'm struggling right now in my mind. So like, what can I do? What is like the 10-step process of what I can do to like get these thoughts to change? Help me to, let, let me just start doing some positive thinking. You know, let me just start, you know, to, let me just numb the pain let me just go and, you know, go watch, watch a show or scroll on social media or whatever it is that I want to do. You know, we, we always think of, like, what is, what is it that I can do to solve this? What is it that I can do to deal with this issue? You know, and there's so many things that we run to, and there's so many things that we do that way. But that's a lot of the times because we're forgetting that God is with us. If we, would, if we, would, if we knew in those times that God was with you, then you would realize as well that there's actually a part of his nature that can, that can deal with that, that he's actually a counselor, that you can come to him with those things, that, that, you know, that he is, you know, the one that actually heals. So you can come to him with that, you know. And when you realize these things, you, you, stop, you stop running everywhere else first, and he becomes your source. So to know God as a counselor, mighty, mighty father, and peace and giver, uh, a peace giver, requires us to have a lifestyle revolved around him. He didn't end there. He didn't just end there by going, by coming to earth as, 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 a, as a son of God. He didn't just end there. See, what he continued, because after he died and he resurrected and went to heaven, he gave us the Holy Spirit. Say, say with me, I have the Holy Spirit. 
See, we have the Holy Spirit, and, it, and he lives in us. And so I want to bring out uh, just Colossians 1.27. And it says this, it says, it says, to them, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles, that's us, that's you and me, Gentile, unless you're a Jew, you're a Gentile, are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you. Say with me, Christ in me. The hope of glory. See, it was never meant for us to walk with a limited revelation of who and what God has for us. It was never actually meant. When you read this here and you see this verse and you read it in its fullness and what it says says to them, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of, of this mystery, meaning that the mystery is revealed. The mystery is revealed through Christ. There is nothing left to be hidden from you. There is nothing that is, that is limited from you knowing of who God is. And this is beauty. This is beautiful because the mystery of being revealed through Christ is continuously being revealed through Christ. As you grow in your relationship with God and you go from glory to glory and you go from faith to faith, you continue to grow. You continue to develop. You know, I remember having a conversation with Aaron a while back and we talked about, you know, what is it going to be like when you're in heaven and you meet God? Well, he's eternal. So we're going to continue to grow in knowing him. We're going to continue. It doesn't stop. It doesn't end. There's always this, 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 this growth in knowing what it, the fullness of life is which is found in him. And we get this. We get to have this, guys. This is what we have in Christ. See, this gospel, this is the gospel that God once was once far because of our sin and has come close through his son who sent, who was sent because of his re- relentless and reckless love for us. His, his love for us, guys, his love for us, is, is what allowed him to just bring him to a place to pursue us. He, he saw the glory set before him. He saw us. When, he, when, when God sent Jesus into the world, he saw us. He saw us. He saw you and me. And when God saw you, he couldn't contain himself from, be, from being with you. I want you to turn to the person next to you and say to them, he couldn't contain himself from being with you. So what is keeping you from him? This is my question to you. So what is keeping you from him? If he couldn't contain himself from being with you, what is keeping you from being with him? I feel like the Lord, a lot of times we get, we get really, really busy. And I feel like the Lord wants us to begin to get still. <laughs> You know, the Bible says, be still and know that I am God. And I believe the Lord, in his mercy and his grace and his love, wants us to begin to get still, even tonight. And to begin to know that he is God. And to begin to know, begin to truly know. There's There's a knowing that goes beyond your mind. There's a knowing that is deeper than what your thoughts are. 
And that's the knowing in which the Father wants, to, wants you to begin to be revealed before your heart and before your spirit of who he really is and who he wants to be in your life right now because he is with you. Because he is with you. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, I just even ask right now, Holy Spirit, that, uh, that you would still, make us still before you. Make our minds still before you. Make our hearts still before you. Even right now, Lord, that we could begin to know how much you were truly with us, Lord. Even right now, Holy Spirit. Wow. See, I want you right now just, everyone, could everyone just close your eyes for a moment? I want us to just close your eyes for a moment. And I want you to think of what your life would look like if God never sent his son. <laughs> just, begin, just, just let that, just keep your eyes closed and just begin to think about that right now. What's your life look like? I know that my life would be, I'd be lost. I'd be so broken. Trying to find purpose on my own. Hurt, depressed, offended, with unforgiveness in my heart, tormented in my mind. I know all of the things that I would be a wreck and I'd be a mess, but I'd also be making a mess to those around me. <sighs> See, when we think, you can open your eyes now. When you think about what your life would look like if, if, if God didn't send his son, how grateful does it make you feel? How grateful. Sometimes That's why we need to stop sometimes. Because sometimes we can just forget how grateful we are to even be where we are right now. The very story that has been written of your life is because of what he's done for your life. The very story that he wants to write. Because maybe you're here today and you say, you know what, I don't have that story yet. But God has a story for you that's better than the one that you've been living. And he wants that story to become your story. And the only way that that begins to happen is when we, when we first begin to recognize that he has been chasing me down the whole time and he's knocking on the door of my heart and he's waiting and he just wants me to say yes to let him in. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You're so good to us. You're so good to us. I just can't help but be grateful, guys. I just can't help but be thankful. Because when I recognize, see, in this Christmas season, and we, talk, and we all are, you know, giving gifts and, and doing the things that we, we have to remember and be grateful for the eternal gift that we have in Christ. It's the eternal gift. See, it doesn't just happen when you die. It already started. It already has begun. This eternal gift that you get to have this life giver on the inside of you, the eternal life on the inside of you every single day that you have the one, 
the Savior of the universe in your life every single day. In 1 John 4, I'm just going to turn there. 1 John 4, 9 and 10. It says this to us. I just feel, first of all, I just feel the Father's love right now in this room, guys. Just the love of the Father. He wants to do something totally different tonight. Hmm. He wants to do something totally different tonight. The Father's love is here. And it's here for you. And when I think about all of the parables, all of the stories Jesus told about the kingdom of heaven, and I think about the story of the prodigal son, and I think about the story of no matter how far he ran away, we all have a story of running. I think about that story, and I think about how he's brought us home. And when we ran to him, he ran to us. And he hugged us and he gave us a ring and a robe. <laughs> and you think about that story then. How grateful do you become? It's either you become grateful or you become sour. To be honest, there's only two choices. Because the other one is like the other son. In the prodigal son story, it's like the other son that <laughs> was really, really disgruntled about the father even doing all of these things for his son that had walked away. And it's because he had forgotten what he actually had. And see what can happen sometimes if you are in that place. It really is just because you've forgotten what you have. Let us, let us never get to that place. Let us never allow the enemy to, to stir that in our heart. We have to be grateful. We have to be thankful. So let's read this verse together. It's from John, 1 John 4, 9 and 10. It says, God showed how much he loved us by sending us his son, his one and only son, into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. This is real love. So I mean, this is real love. Not that we loved God but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to save, I mean, to take away our sin. See, this is real love. This is real love. The love that chased you down when you didn't deserve it, when I didn't deserve it, when neither of us deserved it, when we were in our mess, when we were in our destruction, when you fell, when you fell, he was there chasing you down by his love. See, this love isn't something we deserve or earned, but it is freely given. Say with me, freely given. It is freely given. It is freely given. This is a love. This is real love. Not that you deserve anything. Not that you loved him first. But that he loved you and sent his son. See when, see, when we are truly grateful for this love, we will live through this love that the world might see that if God wanted to be with you, he wants to be with them. 
when we begin to understand that if God wanted, wants to be with you and me, that we're a mess, how much does he want to be with them? See, the Bible says that those that are forgiven much can love much. And so there is this understanding that there's, there's this, this revelation the Lord wants to bring to our hearts, which is like, wow, remember all the things that I've forgiven you of. Remember all the things that I've taken you out of. Because that will propel you to a place to give that same love that I've put on the inside of you. So you can only give out of something that you have. You cannot give out of something you do not have. And so the Lord wants us to begin to remember and receive that love all over again. That we can give it to the world around us. It all goes together and it all comes together. Thank you, Jesus. See, when we... Thank you, Jesus. See, when I think about my story and I think about what God has done in my life and I think about how he's transformed my life from being one that was a liar, uh, a lust bucket, destructive, angry, depressed. When I think about that and the world around me that saw that, that saw my life transformed, you know what happened when, when they began to see my life transformed? Just like probably many of you here. The world around me, the people around me were shocked. They were shocked because they're like, wow, how is this person so different? <laughs> what is it that has shifted? What is it that has changed this person? What is it? And you know, when, 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 you begin to, when that begins to enter the hearts of the people around you, when they begin to think that, that is actually that place where it, you actually now have an opportunity to share with them what the Lord had did, done in your life. And that's what he did through me. And he did that in me. Even from when I was in high school, I remember so many times, so many people that I was friends with that I ended up losing friends. That, but, but then they would begin to ask me, what is it that did this to you? Like, what is it that changed you? And, and now I had, I had to tell them it was Jesus. And he did this to me, but he wants to do this to you. Because he did it to me, he wants to do this to you. It's not because I deserved it. See, because if he wants to do, wants to be with me after my life before, how much does he want to be with you? And how much does he want to be with them? How much wants to be with the people around you? See, this is what I want us to just even just put into perspective as we're going through this Christmas season and we're talking about God with us. And I'm bringing up this, this topic. I believe the Holy Spirit is stirring to bring this up, that God is with us, that this Christmas season, that people could see not only that, they, that you would say it, that God is with you, but that you would demonstrate that God is with you. That you can actually be a demonstration of the hands and feet of Jesus this Christmas season. How can we demonstrate that God is with us? Because that's the, how the world is going to know. That's how they're going to see it. It's not just through our words. They're tired of hearing our words, to be honest. They're tired of hearing our words if we just say it. They need to see it. They need to see it through our life. They need to see it through our actions. They need to see it through, our, through that demonstration, even through the demonstration of the Holy Spirit and power. They need to see it. How are we demonstrating the love of God in our lives to others? And so there's four points I want us to remember today. There's four points. Say it before. There's four points. First point is this. See, Christ came to reveal 
to us the fullness of the characteristics of God, of who God is. He came to reveal to us the fullness of those characteristics that we could see who God is in his fullness. That was that promise to us that we could, we could have that. Number two, the second thing is God wanted to be with us so that we would have no limits in relationship with him. We get to know him forever. Come on. To six time, we get to know him forever. Turn to the person next to you and say, you get to know him forever. Come on. <laughs> Come on. It's exciting. See, God sent his, sent his son to break all of the barriers between us and him. Not because we deserved or earned it, but because of his overwhelming love for us. He broke the barriers. Come on, he broke the barrier. He tore the veil. He tore the veil that we could have full access to him. That you didn't have to live under the ministry of condemnation. You don't have to live under that. You get to live in the ministry of reconciliation. You get to live reconciled to the Father. Fully restored. And maybe you're sitting here and you're saying right now, man, but I feel so far. Maybe you're sitting here and you're saying, you know, I've messed up too much. Maybe you feel distant. But God has reconciled you. And so he's saying, come. His call is, would you come? Would you come, my son and my daughter, to myself? Would you come that you might know who you really are, that you might know who I really am, that it could be restored what was once met from the beginning of time in the garden, that you would walk with him in the cool of the day? Oh, my gosh. See, this is what, when Adam was in the garden and walking with God, he had a confidence. The man was just naming off animals. Like, who does that? <laughs> there was a confidence. And you see, when you realize who you are in Christ, there begins to be a confidence that actually what begins to happen, your purpose is unlocked in your life. And as your purpose is unlocked in your life, you begin to get creative. Oh, my gosh, come on. Come on. Come on. Just like in the garden. When you look at in the garden, it, 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 Adam was creative in the garden. Naming off all the things, all the things that God had created. And they were co-laboring together. And they were working together. And that's what God wants with you. That if you would know that he is with you and that he is for you, and if he is for you, what and who can be against you? Then that means that everything that God has created in your life is to be used with purpose. And he's going to use every situation. He's going to use every situation, every circumstance to bring his glory about in your life and through your life. And he's going to begin to give you creative ideas, creative opportunities. He's going to begin to put the right people in your path so that his kingdom could be revealed here on the earth. Come on. This is the God that we serve. He's a restoring God. He's a restoring God. Come on, somebody said to me, he's a restoring God. 
See, he wants to begin to restore everything that the enemy tried to steal from you. Everything that he tried to take from your life. Everything that the enemy meant for evil. He is turning it to his good. He is turning it for his good. There is nothing that the enemy had done in your life that God cannot work with. I want you to know that today. I feel that. I feel such a confidence in the spirit to tell you that everything in your life can be used for his glory. If you will remember that you are now brought and reconciled to him and that now you get to be with him, then there is nothing off limits that he can't touch and he can't use. And it's going to be outside of what you ever thought or imagined it could be. Because he's beyond you. See, even, you know, he exceeds, he goes abundantly and beyond more than we can ask or think. He goes above what we could have ever thought because he begins to be limitless in our lives. He's a limitless God. He's a limitless God with limitless gifts, with limitless purpose, with a limitless impact to the world around us. Would we see that today, guys? Would we see that today? Would we, would we allow him to do that within us today? See, if Christ, this is number four, the point number four. If Christ's love is in you, how can you reveal it this Christmas season and every day? This is a question just internally. Just begin to ask him. Just begin to ask him. It's that simple. There's no condemnation. Just like I said, there's no condemnation. Just begin to ask him. If you he, if he haven't been used, let him use you to this point. Just ask him. God, how can you use me? What do you want to do through me this Christmas? And every day, how can you use me to speak to my family, to be loved to my family? As we know, some of these situations are hard. I know that firsthand. What can we do that would allow God's love through us so that it would point them back to the one who wants to be with them that is with us? Because that is the whole point. It's the whole reason. Otherwise, you're going to walk away from this Christmas season being like, oh, man, what just happened? It was just another holiday. I just, what just, January 2nd is here now. And what happened? <laughs> Come on, I don't want that. Do you, any of you? Come on. We don't want that. We want to see, we want... We want to see God do something new, do something fresh this Christmas season. And I believe that he will. I believe that he will. And I believe that as we, as we know that he is with us this Christmas season, that we will actually begin to walk with such a confidence this Christmas season and be a conduit that he could flow through. See, these are a couple of things I felt the Lord speak to me. Do you mind if we get some, some music in the background? Thanks, bro. <laughs> this is a, well, a, four, a couple things I felt the Lord speak to me. See, he wants to work in some of us to cut out the things that make us forget he is with us. I really felt this really strongly in the spirit as I've been praying over this. He wants to work in some of us 
to cut out the things that make us forget that he's with us? What are those things in your life that when, that, that literally make you forget that God is with you? That you don't even realize that there was an opportunity there to pray about it. That there was an opportunity to invite him. What are those things? And let's begin to, let's begin to let him show us those things in our hearts. That he might do a heart surgery in us. That he might remove some of those things that get in the way. In all of us. Because it's all those things. The second thing I felt from the Lord. Anything contrary to his nature that we do is because we've forgotten who he is and that he's with us. And when you begin to, if there's things in your life or there's responses in your life or through you that don't represent who Christ is, a lot of times it's because we've forgotten that he's with us in that. Like when you get so overwhelmed or I get so overwhelmed or I get angry and I respond not godly. It's just because I forgot that God was with me. Because if I knew it, I wouldn't respond that way. <laughs> if I knew it, I would, I would allow the mind of Christ to come, not just in my thoughts, but in my words and in my actions. And that's this is what God wants to do. This is what God wants to do. I believe... Oh, thank you, Jesus. This is what God wants to do. The next thing is, I believe, today God wants us to walk in confidence. Say with me, confidence. That he is with you. When I look, wow. When I look through scripture and I see the stories of men and women that God's using for his purposes. They walked with a confidence that he was with them. And maybe not at first, but he would reveal himself. And see, that's the beauty. This is the beauty of her Savior. It's even if you don't get it right away. Even if it doesn't, it's not clicking right away. He will come and he will reveal it until something in your heart shifts. This is a beauty. When I'm reminded of Gideon, that's the beauty. He didn't even recognize who he was. He's like, my family, like, there's no way, like, you could use me. And how are you going to use me with 300 men? But he begins to shift something in your heart that builds a confidence because if you weren't confident, you wouldn't step. If, if Gideon wasn't confident in God, eventually he wouldn't have stepped into it. And I think about these stories, there's just so many of them in Scripture, over and over again, where God will use men and women that, that are, feel inadequate. When I look at Moses, and I look at how Moses has this stutter, and he's like, there's no way you can use me. Like, like how are you going to use me? How I can't even speak. I can't even speak. You Use somebody else. But God, in his grace and in his mercy and in his love, seeing the bigger picture beyond what we could ever see, goes beyond 
What Moses even thought and says, you know what, fine, I'll work with Aaron as well. But then eventually Moses begins to be at the forefront and he doesn't even realize it at every situation because God does this work in him and through him that he didn't even realize that God was he's a patient God. And this is what God will do time and time again. And he wants to do it in and through us. He wants to bring us to that place where we just are so relying upon him and such recognizing that he is with us. And it's okay if there are certain situations right now that don't feel like he is, he's with you in them. Because I promise you, as long as you stay with him, as long as you're committed to him, he will do that work in your heart and he will reveal it to you that he is with you. And he will give you the confidence that you don't have. Because it's not going to come from you. It's not going to come from anything you do other than surrender to him. Thank you, Jesus. The fourth thing I felt the Lord speak to me today for us is, is he wants to break down the barriers of fear, shame, and sin in our lives. I feel tonight so strongly that these barriers of fear, shame, and sin are things that keep us from recognizing that God is with us. And in such, it keeps us from a confidence in him. And today, I, I really believe that the Lord is going to break some barriers in this place. He's going to break some barriers. He's going to break some some of those things, some of those fears and some of those worries, some of those anxieties and some of those sins that keep popping up in you, that keep coming out. He wants to break them. The anointing will break the yoke of sin in your life. I believe he's here to do that today. Thank you, Jesus. You are here, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Wow. The last one is this. I believe that God wants to do this in us. That everywhere we go, We would walk in confidence because he goes with us in the valley and on the mountain. That in every season of your life, this is what God wants to do today. Wow, thank you, Jesus. That in every season of your life, you would have a confidence that he is with you through the valley and on the mountain. That through all of it, through every season, that you would have a confidence. That's not easy to do. But with him, with him, all things impossible are possible. And everything that is impossible with man is possible with God. Everything. And that's what he wants to do today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your spirit here with us today, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you, Jesus. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you're here right now and you and you want to just be you want to be reconnected with the Father and you want that confidence you want that confidence that he is with you I just want you to come up here to the front Thank you for joining us today. We pray that this message has truly blessed your life. For more information, go to bigchurch.cc.